0: Are you looking to take your business or your brand to the next level? Want to make a name for yourself and share what you do best with a bigger audience? There's never been a more exciting time to jump in. Welcome to Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. Your hosts are Terry Trespicio and Paula Rizzo. With their combined media experience and top-notch guests, Paula and Terry will get you ready to shine. Here are your hosts, Terry and Paula. Welcome to
1: Lights, Camera, Expert, Unleash Your Expertise. I'm Paula Rizzo. And I'm Terry Trespiccio. And every week on this show, we show you how to tap your expertise and take it out into the world so that you can improve attention, get more attention for your brand and your business. This week, what is it risky to play it safe in the media? And by that, I mean, does trying to please everyone and alienate no one work against you? You bet it does.
2: Hmm, there's no question. Right to be mm-hmm. a strong media contributor, we want experts who are not afraid to say what they think, to pick a side, take a stance, and then really lean into it. Right? We don't want you to go on camera or in the media and be like, "Oh, wait, never mind." Uh, <laughs> wait, no, never mind. That doesn't work. You need to stick and stand your ground for sure. Yes. You know, we want the facts. We want, but you have to have stuff to back it up. You know, so often there are people who have thin, thinly veiled opinions, and you want to make sure that that's that you have more to go on than just that. And so later in the show, we're going to hear from a woman who, believe us, is not afraid to share her opinion. Uh, Not at all. Her name is Emma Johnson, and she's the author of The Kick-Ass Single Mom. She's also a podcaster and a blogger. And she's going to tell us how she went from being a journalist to being the subject of news and a media personality. And she started from scratch.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, that's going to be fun. But first, let's talk a little bit about opinion. Uh, I'm a Big Howard Stern fan. Paula knows this. Ugh. Yes. Uh, I, I, I am it. not. He is the biggest influence on in me as a broadcaster of literally anyone because i listen to him more than I may listen to you, Paula. I know it.
2: It's anyway, between me and Howard. Those it's are the between two. you and Howard. Yes. But here's the
1: thing he said the other day. And he said, um, you know, why are people so afraid of opinion? He's never been afraid to share his opinion. And we know his opinions got him, gotten him in trouble a lot. Uh, and he is still at the same time arguably the most successful man in broadcast, certainly radio. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so the reason I bring it up uh, is because we are afraid, not only of other people's opinions, we react to them, but we also struggle with this thing you're saying. We can be all brave at home, but when it comes to sharing your opinion, people immediately are afraid that it's going to alienate and hurt their business. And so they tend to go the safe route, which can be really, really you know, hurtful for their brands and their careers. They think they're pleasing everyone, and you're pleasing nobody at all. Uh, so there's that real fear. Now, Paula, you covered health at Fox News. Some might say that you want just the facts because it's health we're talking about. You don't right. want someone just mouthing off. But like, can you think of when you know someone came in with an opinion or even no opinion, and you were like, nah next?
2: Well, you know, I mean, yes, uh, being in the news, you want people to give you the facts. You want experts, especially in health, you know, something that is backed up with science or some kind of study or something like that. But there were opportunities, too, to be able to have two different opinions, right? Like autism was a really big deal for a really long time as far as um, vaccinations went. So I remember doing a lot of stories about at the time when, you know, some doctors, some people were saying like, oh, you know, these vaccinations have to happen or don't have to happen. Or, you know, there was a, a real back and forth debate on that. So, as far as having opinions around that, that was always a really interesting thing to bring in experts who had opinions one way or the other. So we could kind of put them up against each other and then the audience could see both sides, but you had to have strong people on both sides. So that required, yeah, that really required a lot of vetting Mm. because there were a lot of people, like you said, who were sort of like, well, you know, there, there were people who (laughs) either, either were so strong staunch about whatever it is that they were, you know, whichever side they were taking, or there were people who were like, oh, what do you want me to say? because they want to be on camera.
1: Oh, no. I was going to say, did you find that you were coaching people to have an opinion when they didn't have one already? Uh,
2: maybe not about the autism thing, but sometimes. No, about sometimes autism. there were. Yeah, sometimes there were where it was just sort of like, nah, I need you to kind of take a stance here. So what, what are you, are you leaning towards this or are you leaning towards that?
1: So there that comes in with a little bit of media coaching, right? Too That's slippery sort of, though. If you're too yeah. slippery, it's also not very satisfying to listen to someone on the air when they're like, well, and it could be this and it could be that. My favorite thing, uh, is when someone has an opinion but can understand the opposition. Because if you come in mouthing off like, well, this is the fact, that, but you say, Paul, you go, okay, but some people would say this, and they go, nope. It's like, well, you right. can't just say no. I think the strongest opinions, the strongest presenters of opinions are those that can say, I know why people think this, but here's what I think, and here's why. Right. So right. you have have to something to back up. It. Well, it's also like debate club, right? Like you have to have a
2: strong argument. Yeah, not everybody's prepared to do that. Yeah. No, they're not. not. at all. I, well, you are, I though. Dabbled I dabbled you in it. Like, you like to give your opinion whenever whenever people ask or
1: don't ask for it. Uh, yeah, you don't have it, to ask for it to get it from me. You don't have to uh, ask twice. <laughs> has it gotten you in, in trouble ever? Um, well, in the beginning, when I left my role as an editor at a magazine, where you don't really have an opinion, you're kind of just featuring and curating. And then I started blogging, which I had never done. And I started writing about dating. And that's what I knew. You know, I wrote about dating relationships. And I realized... I didn't realize I had such a strong opinion until I started writing about it and being like, Mm. wait a minute. And then I, you would bait me with stuff you Mm -hmm. read in the post. Always. And then then I would go, but what? And I would still go, wait, do I agree with this? Sometimes I didn't know. It's okay if you don't know at first. But then I said, "Mm, no, I don't think this is a good idea. Case in point, the thing that got me on the Anderson Cooper show, which was when a woman in, oh, God knows where she was from, Uh, Oklahoma somewhere who had gotten a lot of press because she married herself. I think I sent you that story. Uh, You might have, but today she was being featured. Yes. Uh, No, I remember, but this is what
2: I love to do. I love to read the newspaper in the morning and find things that are really going to annoy Terry and really get her going. And so then I send them to her and I'd be like, wow, do you believe this? And then like, Literally an hour later, there's like a thousand word posts <laughs> about that, that she's written.
1: <laughs> you're like, really? Did you wow. She's always like, I'm just going to leave this right here for you. Right. And that's I'm like, right. these oh. are your. Like, oh, 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 oh. But it was fun. <laughs> it was fun to play with that fire and figure it out. Anyway, I didn't know what I thought about this woman, because if you marry yourself, that's taking a stance. And you're also, mm-hmm. she was smart. She got attention for it, but she was kind of dopey. Like. She, you know, had this ceremony. I don't know how you exchange vows with yourself, and then she took herself out for Indian food, like went on a honeymoon. I don't know. And I said, you know why uh, this seems dopey is because if you really believe in your own singlehood and independence, and that you, you, she had said to oh, I'm open to being in love later. I go, that's not what you say when you're getting married. And if you're marrying yourself, you're not allowed to say, I'm marrying myself, but I'm still open to love. Nope because marriage is saying I am now closed off from that. And also if you're really proud of being single and all about being an independent lady, then why Mm -hmm. would you appropriate a tradition meant to bind two people together for life? Uh, you don't have to be anti marriage to realize that, you know, that a single person does not get married. It was, I think a bit of a media ploy. It was fun. She felt like she was independent, But I really disagreed with that. I said, we have to come up with single people because I am single, so I feel strongly about it. Uh, that I am not about to wed myself,
0: mm-hmm, but I right. think
1: there's other ways. Maybe we need to have another thing that you do. Maybe that we let women feel that they come into their own as women, and they get some kind of maybe they have a ceremony or a party. It's like you're you're coming out as a as an independent woman. Fine, and then later, if you decide to get married, to do that.
2: But I thought, well, it was how did that? Dumb. How did that um, end up being? Um, on Anderson. Did you pitch them? Did they look for no. you? No, no, no. What the okay.
1: Well, they were already, they heard of this story and they wanted to feature her and they wanted people who were relationship expert or whatever. They were just looking for a, uh, someone who could present uh, their opinion on this. They were looking for opinions. And little did I know, stuff I'd been writing and putting out to the ether caught the attention of one Kathy Giulianello, who's mm. a TV producer who we have interviewed on this, you know, on this, our series here. Mm-hmm. She was the one who'd been following me because of the posts. And when there became an opportunity to have an opinion about this, she tapped me. I didn't know that. I just got a call from a producer who said, we want to have you on. I had no idea how I got there. I only found out this year that it was Kathy. That was like... Right. I when we have- got to know her about her. She was like, oh yeah, I've been watching yep. you for years. I was like, what? That opinion in a blog got me booked. So that's why I think it's critical. Right, Paul? Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. Uh, you know, there are times sometimes
2: when the opinion will work against you. And this happened for me with uh, a psychiatrist that that I was, that I really wanted to book. Like I thought her, her approach was awesome. And so she, you know, regular MD, you know, had gone to medical school and the whole thing, but she took a very holistic approach to depression and to, you know, mental illness and to all of these things. But because she was so anti big pharma, Um, and medication she was very aware of being you know didn't want anything yes didn't want anything to be edited didn't only wanted you know if it was live wanted to know exactly what they were going to ask her wanted to if it was taped wanted to watch the show before it went before it aired like things that you just don't do like no journalist to
1: approve your content that's yes
2: everything yeah. She wanted that. to approve. Right. I mean, unless you pay for it and you're a client, but when you're working in with traditional media, they're never going to allow you to, to do that, especially TV. They're never going to allow you to, to sign off on something. Um, so that really, because her opinions and because she, she felt so strongly, she wanted someone to be in the room watching and taping the taping of this, of, of the back what? and forth with. Yeah, you can't do was, that. It was, no, you can't. And so I had explained that to her and she didn't get very much media, even though she had a really great platform and a really great, you know, idea. Um, But she didn't get very much traditional media because she had all of these restrictions that she was putting on this stuff. And so I was like, you know what? I mean, I wanted to do the story so badly. I was like, this is great. I love it. I love it. I love it. But Mm -hmm. because of what she felt and how, you know, that kind of got in the way. You know
1: what bugs me is that she, who I think I know you're talking about, she's very successful. She probably goes around saying, oh, the media won't cover it. And and I'm I'm the rebel anti-media. But the fact is, if she played by the media game, she actually would have gotten coverage. The issue here is not whether the media is interested in what she's saying, and that it's a conspiracy and big pharma. It's that she wasn't willing to play the game and she was exerting. She was overstepping in terms of control. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you want to have that much control, produce your own damn show. Well, and mm-hmm. that's the
2: thing. It's like then you come off as you don't know how this works. And so producers are kind of allergic to that. They're like, Meh, you know what? This is going to be a little bit
1: harder think or back. more work than it's worth. I'll think find about something many, else. Think about how many people she didn't reach as a mm-hmm. result. She got yeah. in her own way with that. The only person who gets approval and sign-off and stuff is Jennifer Aniston when they're going to put her picture on the cover of her magazine. She gets sign off on which picture they use. That's yeah. like the only person I can think of who gets to approve it. If everyone had to approve content, you wouldn't have journalism. We wouldn't have a free press as you have right now.
2: <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Terry, what well, about um, the Pitch It Live thing that we did uh, recently? Yes. T- yes. Tell everybody about that That, yeah, that pitch that favorites. we got. This is what, ha- yes, we love we doing this.
1: We love this. We do a. a we do it. If, if you're on our list, um, then you'll get invited to be part of these sessions where we basically open it up for free and we say, come and share your pitch and we will help you. Actually, we should tell people where to go for that. Um, if you want to get on that, by the way, uh, go to beamediamagnet.com. We're giving away a free video series, but also that means you're on our list and then we will let you know when we're doing these things. It's so insightful for people because they don't usually get the ear of a producer or editor to test their ideas on. And here's the thing that puzzles me. It's not so much that people don't have an opinion, but they they do not know how to share it. And so, when we were, we did one the other day, and uh, yeah. and someone came on and was pitching us an app. Now, as soon as someone goes to pitch an app, and, and she's like, it's not like other apps. I said, okay, there's a million apps and none of them are like the others, so that all that doesn't even... That's like me saying, I have a business, but it's like no other business. An app doesn't mean anything. Tell me what you're trying to do. And she said, oh, it's a travel app. And it's, uh, you know, it's really about cultural immersion and, and really experiencing the world around you. And I said...
2: We were like, we don't know what you're talking about. What is this? Give us an something.
1: App, an app is the one thing that doesn't let me experience the world around me because I'm too busy with the app.
2: In it. Right. Exactly. So, you know, a lot of times people just come and they, they're not really sure what they stand for. They don't really know exactly what it is that they're going to be pitching. Obviously, I mean, that's where we come in to say, hey, let's unravel this a
1: little bit and pull through. Um, but well, so what did it turn out? In your words, what did it turn out to be that this app did after we made her slow down and explain everything?
2: Well, I mean, it was sort of like a virtual tour, right? It was That's like a it. guide. It's yeah. a
1: virtual tour that you could take on your own. It's so simple, but I think people try to complicate it to make it sound more important. Mm-hmm. It yeah. should be way simpler.
2: And you should be able to, to describe what it is to a fifth grader, right? I mean, we say that all That's the time. That's our filter, the
1: fifth grade filter. If if mm-hmm. a fifth grade kid doesn't understand what you're trying to pitch, no one else will either. That's right. So actually, we did um, post about this. We should share it.
2: Yeah, we'll share that post for sure. And uh, what we also want to share is, you know, this course uh, that we put together on what the media actually wants, right? So we know because we've worked in the media for a long time, but we want to give Voice America listeners access to the free video series that we created. And then you'll be on our list. So if we do these, you know, pitch it live things, you'll know all about it. And the way that you do that is to beamediamagnet.com. That's where you go, beamediamagnet.com. You'll get instant access to the three-part video series where we walk you through what it takes to stand out out to a producer or editor. And after, the, the, break, mm-hmm. after well, the break, after the break, we're gonna talk to Miss Emma Johnson. Terry, yes. tell them tell them what they've won after the break. Tell,
1: here's what you've won if you stick around. We're gonna hear from a woman who is not shy about sharing her opinion and quite frankly doesn't care what you think. It works, it works for her. Really it does and you'll find out why. Emma Johnson is the author of The Kick Ass Single Mom, and she's joining us next to share her fascinating media journey that's coming up after the break you're listening to lights camera expert unleash your expertise on voice america riding we'll be right back
0: think you've seen everything there is to see in online television let us surprise you visit voice today for sports health business and more on demand 24 7
2: Imagine for a minute what it would be like to step onto the set of a show that you've been watching forever or see your name in a magazine you actually read. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? Well, here's the secret. Those experts you see on TV and in magazines aren't smarter than you. They just know how to get the media to pay attention. And it's something you can learn.
1: I'm Paula Rizzo. And I'm Terry Gospicchio, and we've been behind the scenes at major media outlets for years, booked thousands of guests, and have been featured ourselves on TV, radio, and everywhere else. We know how this works. We'll show you how to crack the media code, craft your pitch, and crush it on air. Get our free video course How to Be a Media Magnet. You'll learn how the media thinks and how to pitch your ideas so you get booked you have something to say and the world is ready to hear it go to be to get our free course that's be media magnet.com
0: have you become a member yet sign up now to become a member of voice america it's always free and easy
1: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk
0: station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Reach us by email at info at co. Now back to this week's show.
2: Welcome back to Lights Camera Expert. Unleash your expertise. It is one thing to be An expert and another thing to really be known for. And joining us is a woman who has made a name for herself, but maybe not in the way that she expected. Emma Johnson is the author of The Kick-Ass Single Mom and founder of WealthySingleMommy.com. And she started out as a straight-up personal finance journalist and then... She did the thing that journalists don't really do. She started to share her opinion, and then Pandora's box was open,
3: and there was no
2: going back. <laughs> right, Emma?
1: Yeah, uh, uh, yeah I guess you so. Yeah,
3: that would be fair. Thanks for having me, guys. This is a great show.
1: Well, let's we'll roll out the carpet. Please. Please. Want me to roll it out? I'll roll it out. Yeah, roll it out. This is what you need to know about Emma. She's an award-winning business journalist, former AP finance staff reporter and money columnist for MSN and founder of the world's largest platform for single mothers, WealthySingleMommy.com, as well as the award-winning podcast, Like a Mother. As an expert, she has appeared on CNN, Headline News, Time, Fox News, Oprah.com, New York Times, Wall Street Journal. She's won the parent magazine's Best of the Web and is cited as host of a top 15 personal finance podcast the book title again you really do have to check it out i'm not a mother and i was never married but i i love it the kick-ass single mom be financially independent (laughs) discover your sexiest self and raise fabulous happy children it's a number one bestseller and named by the post the new york post paul your Mm fave to its must read list Oh, I love that. She's actually presented at the UN Foundation for Gender Equality and is the founder of the Kick-Ass Single Mom Monthly $1,000 Grant. Interesting. Want to hear more about that yeah. later. And Emma, of course, lives in Astoria with her kids. Of course. Where else well, where would I, of, I live? Of well, course. Where would they live is the question. <laughs> yes. Um, Emma, here's my first question dude. Talk to us about, I love when people, like they look at what their life is going to be and they have they think what is a plan and things of course change. When you were back, when you were like a journalist, writer, did you just think you were going to do that forever? Like what were you thinking and then how did it change? Um, well, when
3: I started, like, I mean, I feel like I'm the last of the Mohicans. Like, I went to journalism <laughs> school, and then I worked at, like, small newspapers, and then I moved to New York, and I worked for big outlets. Like, that's not a career path anymore because, one, the newspapers don't exist, really. And the internet didn't exist when I started. I mean, it kind of sort of did, but, I mean, like, the career that I have now didn't exist 20 years ago when I started mm-hmm. this mess. So, um, I don't know. I mean, in terms of life strategy uh, that I think you're getting at, I don't have one. Um, no, no, I, but like
1: when you went from journalists, like, I'm just going to do this. Was it like, oh yeah, I don't want to do this or I don't want to just do this anymore. Like the shift, we're going personal. So the
3: shift was for me. So I did, I worked at newspapers in different parts of the countries and overseas a little bit. And then I moved to New York about 15 years ago and I landed a job at the AP. And, but at the same time, when I first got to New York, I didn't have a job. And so I started freelancing and In New York at that time, there was a lot of really successful freelancers, but I had lived in other parts of the country in smaller cities and communities, and there weren't full-time freelancers. I didn't know anybody that was successfully self-employed. It wasn't something that was in my purview. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I started doing it and I was like really good at it and it was fun and I love the hustle and I love the idea of being autonomous. But then when the Associated Press Financial Wire calls and you fancy yourself you and your ego fancy yourselves mm-hmm. collectively like a hardcore journalist, like you run for that opportunity, mm-hmm. even though like the pay was much lower than I was making as a freelancer. Now, keep in mind, this was 15 years ago, and there's this thing called the economy and the free market in which I live and operate in and try to exploit to my advantage. So at the time, like I set a a ceiling or a a floor for myself, and I wasn't going to take less than a dollar a word. And I hated that job at the AP. It was absolutely horrible, but I stuck it out, and I built up my freelance business, and I did it pretty quickly. So it was like 10 months or something, and I – quit. Um, Though I probably would have gotten fired because I was so bad at it. Um, (laughs) And I did. And I quickly, like in my second year, I made $100,000 and I was really proud of myself. As a freelancer. Yeah. Yeah. And um, But I always positioned myself high in the market. But then I had a baby and I was like, oh, well, of course you're supposed to be a stay-at-home mom. That's like what good moms do, which P.S. fast forward today. And it's like my number one mission to never allow another woman to think that because... A, feminism. B, it's bad for women. Three, it's bad for kids. (laughs) It's bad for marriage. It's bad for the economy. It's bad for everything. So don't ever do that. And then (laughs) um, (laughs) opinions. Yeah. Yeah, And I I will argue that one. That's like my number (laughs) one passion right now. Um, but I, yeah. So I was like a married mom, and it was so nice, and um, yay! And then, I, some ba- and then bad stuff happened, and then I wasn't a married mom anymore, and I was a single mom without an income, and so I was I was freelancing, and the market was still really good, even though this was like two thousand nine, two thousand ten. I just hustled and I got it going. I was like a solo, solo mom with two babies, but I did it and it was really empowering. And um, But at the same time, to go back to what you want me to talk about, which is that I did that for like, Five years or so, and then a couple years in, I, I started this blog, and it was just a personal thing. It was not a commercial venture at all. Mm-hmm. I was right. just going through a lot of... It was a very emotional thing. Like I'd always been a writer my whole career, but all of a sudden, I had gone through so many personal changes, and this is very much... Uh, memoir and I was writing my opinions mm-hmm. and things I was passionate about yeah. like gender equality mm-hmm. and my personal experiences with like sex and dating which Terry and I used to talk
1: about all the time but I haven't seen you her in a while <laughs> and I've had a boyfriend <laughs> I'm like boring now I've like had you a boyfriend you have a boyfriend now we have nothing in common nothing i dead about. to you I, no, but I knew about. everything I knew literally everything was going on in Emma's person <laughs> Everybody did because I put it on my fucking blog. Uh, oh my goodness. <laughs>
3: Uh-oh. So, beep. Okay, sorry. Um. So, okay, so that I'm freelancing, but you know what? You got to listen to the market, ladies. I If, if you want to come to me and talk about freelance writing, you are dead to me because that market has been dead for years. So mm. when I set this floor at a dollar a word, that's not a floor anymore. No. Like that is like maybe Vanity Fair will pay like whoever, Michael Wolf. Four dollars a board, but that, but that if you, that number, whatever he's getting, is the number that he's been getting for ten years. Like he's not even getting a raise. So right, exactly. you're getting like so professional just, journalists, right? But, but does it doesn't matter. To talk There's no more jobs. That market is dead. It's <laughs> Whoa. Dead.
2: And so, oh, well, God. yes, it is. Dead. I have a question about the blog. So yes. you started the blog in what year? 2012. Okay, 2012, and it was to feed a need because you didn't find the information elsewhere, right? You were looking right? So how did you start to build it? Because it's very successful and it has been for a long time, but that's to your credit because you've been feeding it and feeding it and feeding it. So how were you able to get traction for it um, initially?
3: Well, I'll say exactly what you want me to say. And that is that I had big, strong opinions and people paid attention. Oh, no. I want to know. And And that's true. And that is one. Well, the the very concept... Well, so for right from the beginning, nobody wants to hear this, but I'm in the media all all the time. And I've never... When my book came out last year, I did have professional PR, but I would have gotten all that media anyways. Like I have never pitched myself. Even though I have a million media contacts from my career as a journalist, mm-hmm. everybody's found me. So within the first month or two of starting my blog, the New York Times gave me a really nice shout out. And it was just because the whole concept of my blog was interesting to them. So I am talking about... Personal mm. Finance for Single Moms, and the name of it is Wealthy Single Mommy. The name itself, you're like, what? It makes you think, <laughs> and it, and it cha- it's challenging, right? And that is my the foundation of my activism is challenging women about what they assume that they're p- capable of and the world, challenging the worst assumption about us. So, so someone so- just saw it. Someone saw it and
1: passed it Mm -hmm. along. That's what happened.
3: Yeah, they did. And I think uh, the Today Show website, and then I've just been in the media, like the headline news. So it's like, you know, in my writing, it all speaks for itself. And it does, I mean, look, I'm not going to, at least when I first started, I was still doing a lot of journalism. I have these journalism chops. You don't need those. I'm here to tell you, like, they're, There's plenty of good writers that did not go to journalism school, a a zillion and one like Mm -hmm. professional credentials. Academia is worthless. I believe like get out there, work, work, right, right. Hone your message, seek out professionals,
1: get your help. Um, So there's a lot of people blogging though, and not everyone gets the attention of the New York times is what I'm saying. So, (laughs) no, they don't, but then, but you have to ask yourself why,
3: right? Um, is it because like, right. Are you, are you just complaining about being at home alone with your on a snow day? <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Well, boring. And, and you
2: know, I think the other thing too is, is who's first to the game. You know what I mean? Like you were, there were other people talking about being a single mom. There were people talking, you know, but y- you were really out there giving an opinion that other people hadn't really been spreading yet. And so there's something to be said for that too. You know, a lot of times, like we, you know, we spoke with, um, or we're speaking with Carrie Carrie Glassman, who is a nutritionist, who, you know, when she started talking the same thing, she was like, there weren't that many people in the media nutritionists out there talking about this stuff. Mm -hmm. So she was like an early adopter to that kind of thing. And that really gets you noticed as well. It does. And it's also, you know, you guys are media
3: trainers and I, Terry was an early media trainer that I had and I I needed it. I mean, I was, I think I was probably good on camera, but uh, it changed my life to get professional help. And that's the thing. You're running a business and now I have a big business and I have Mm -hmm. you know, a staff, none of them are full time, but contractors that are elevating everything that I do. I'm, that's one thing you have to know what you don't know. And even things that you're good
2: at, It still probably makes sense to outsource a lot of that. How did Mm -hmm. some of the feedback that you got from the blog change or not change what it is that you were writing about or what you would put out there? You know, like if someone's giving crowdsourcing a little bit, yeah, totally crowdsourcing.
3: Absolutely. So now, I mean, now I have a, it's just started out for the blog. And now I have, like you said, a, a podcast and my media business mm-hmm. uh, to try to do videos. I have a closed Facebook group that's extremely valuable, especially for curating topics. I just go in there. I'm like, Oh, what do I write about? And then people tell you like mm-hmm. these moms that keep telling me, or you go to, you know, what other great sources. It's just Google go on there. Like for me, for example, I would Google single mom. And like, what are the first terms that come up? And one of the first terms that I haven't written about, but that I need to is, um, it's so hard to be a single mom without any help. Mm -hmm. So you don't have a co-parent, you don't live near your family that a lot of people are Googling that term. So I just need to go there because people are already searching that. I want them to search me
1: first. Right. right now, here's the, the thing about like you're talking. It's one thing to give advice on like here's a divorce checklist, here's what you need to do. But then there's when you were when you were single and dating, and you were talking quite honestly about some of the mishaps and personal stuff. If the if you're getting more heat around the dating stuff, was it tempting to be like, oh, I'm just going to write about this thing? Like, is it tempting to just go toward what someone's giving you press about, as opposed to no, I want to make sure I talk about this stuff? So right now, my. <clears throat> okay, so
3: there's two parts of my business. Like I have two burning Mm -hmm. desires in my soul. And one of them (laughs) is to listen to myself yap off about gender politics. And the other one is to make lots of money. And I need to do both of those if I'm going to change the world in a positive way. And so like right now, I happen to be in a mode of my business where I'm building the money part. And it's a long, boring story that involves hiring an SEO team. And I have a joint venture partnership with them. And my VA, we're just doing all this stuff that's maybe not feeding uh, the part of my soul that likes to piss off the world and just Ah, hear myself mm -hmm. talk, but it's part of my business and that feeds, they feed each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... So that stuff, it's both important, and it's both equally important. It just uses different muscles within myself, different parts of my time. Um, so, But in terms of the things that are really polarizing, so I have a list of things that I am – my processes, I, like, think about a topic, I work it out in my head for days and weeks and maybe months, and then I write it. It takes me, like, 20 minutes to write something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got a list of those things, and they are polarizing. They're going to take a ton of heat. And look, I'm, hu- I'm a human with a tender heart. And I know it's like <laughs> going to take a lot of emotional energy to fight off all the dumb people that are going to disagree with me. So I usually have to like gear myself up to like once a week, once a month to like put one of these lightning rod things out there. Um, but I really feel it's important because i I'm, because if people are and these things like I just wrote one a couple of weeks ago that was um, like 11 ways that stay at home moms hurt gender equality. And mm. it's a totally piece, so of, and it's a piece of journalism. It's a piece mm-hmm. of journalism and it's totally researched. I mean, I know this stuff very well because I'm very passionate about it, write about it all the time. But I knew and it, it did. It went viral. It got thousands and thousands of shares. Um, but I just had to gear up because it takes a lot of emotional bandwidth to do that thing.
1: Totally. That makes
2: That's- sense. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what about when you share, you know, you're so you're still ongoing doing this blog, right? And working in this community, but things have changed for you. You're in a relationship now. How does that change how you write and and the positioning of, of that? Like, do people kind of back off and say, Oh, now she's not the the single mommy anymore? Or what if you get married? What happens then? Oh jeez. I'm an adult woman get who
3: gets married. I'm not like a sorry <laughs> girl. Like, <laughs> Who gets married at this? Day? I already did that.
1: Already, that's what I was gonna say. Is there's no way you're gonna do that, right? Because your that's, identity is caught up in this thing. It's not that you would not do a thing for your life. Because no, of your brand. my life comes. You're gonna first, not do like, that because of your brand. No, that's, that's no, crazy. I, no, because I wouldn't even marriage.
3: I, you can do what you want. I'm just like, give me one good reason. Like, I mean, I think in terms of taxes, I'd probably like come out behind even if my boyfriend <laughs> like about insurance.
1: the bottom line. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Emma, your lovely boyfriend says, listen, I can't deal with it anymore. I need you in my life in an official way. I want to be married He can,
3: He's you. kind of, he's traditional like that too, but he also knows me and that. stuff. But whatever. I mean, honestly, I've got bigger problems right now. But <laughs> But it's, Understood. well, okay. In terms of brand, in terms of brand, yeah, people love, us. they would look, I don't care what my opinion is about marriage. People love, they would consider that like a rom-com with a happy ending. They would
2: love that. Oh uh, yeah, totally.
3: Yeah, and, like, but oh. the other thing is it doesn't really matter because here's the nature of the work that I do. It doesn't matter. My, my blog has never been like, um, like straight narrative. Like it's not like, Oh, this week i want to a date. Like, tune in next Tuesday, find out if the date went well. No, like no, right. it wasn't over play by play. These are always like self-contained issues. Like one right. that did really well that I thought was a really nice piece of writing was like, I, I like had this thing with this guy that was not somebody I would have ever dated seriously. Um, but I, I just would hook up with him. And he was like this really macho, <laughs> super hot Sicilian American yeah. Harley Davis, right? And it was just exploring this like, Oh, I'm like this progressive feminist, but I like need to be like, Taken down by a super macho guy, and a lot of <laughs> and a lot of women resonate with that. So that yes. thing can huh. resonate and connect yes. with women on a visceral level from yeah. now until the dawn of time, because that is a evergreen yes. female experience for sure. So it doesn't it's matter familiar. if I have like a Brady Bunch
1: situation today. That blog post is still just as valuable as when I wrote of it five course. years ago. I mean, this is the benefit of actually being yourself, because humans are complex. They don't just mm-hmm. have one opinion about everything, but you know also you're you're you really know what's right for you and one of the things i like is that you help people define who they are by the terms they use like single mommy always but single mom always kind of brings up this mealy mouth thing and you're saying redefine it it means something different so we're going to stick with emma and of course you have to check out the blog wealthysinglemommy.com and the book the single kickass the kickass single mom emma will be back in a second we're going to find out It's one thing to have an opinion, but what about when you walk right into enemy territory and you're going (laughs) to share that opinion when you know they're going to wait there with like their bats pulled back? Like, (laughs) what is that like? We're going to hear about that from Emma in a moment. That's coming up after the break. You're listening to Lights, Camera, Expert, unleash your expertise on Voice America Variety. We'll be back in just a moment.
2: Imagine for a minute what it would be like to step onto the set of a show that you've been watching forever or see your name in a magazine you actually read. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? Well, here's the secret. Those experts you see on TV and in magazines aren't smarter than you. They just know how to get the media to pay attention and it's something you can learn. I'm Paula
1: Rizzo. And I'm Terry Gospicchio and we've been behind the scenes at major media outlets for years, booked thousands of guests and have been featured ourselves on TV, radio, and everywhere else. We know how this works. We'll show you how to crack the media code, craft your pitch, and crush it on air. Get our free video course, How to Be a Media Magnet. You'll learn how the media thinks and how to pitch your ideas so you get booked. You have something to say and the world is ready to hear it. Go to beamediamagnet.com to get our free course. That's BeAMediaMagnet.com.
0: stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com you are listening to lights camera expert unleash your expertise to reach the show today please call one eight six six four seven two five seven eight eight. 472 that's one 866 472-5788. Reach us by email at info at co. Now back to this week's show.
1: Welcome back. We're talking with Emma Johnson, author of The Kickass Single Mom and creator of WealthySingleMommy.com. I will add here, I will add here that Emma was also featured by the New York Observer as one of New York's most eligible daters. Emma, this Ooh, is- eligible thing.
3: singles.
1: It's eligible single. Sorry. not <laughs> eligible single. No, it said you must date, date these nine New Yorkers or something. Something. And yeah. you were featured. And I was what like, you, what? I love that. I was like, this is amazing. You have to tell me, did you get, I know you're in a relationship now. Did you get any dates or any opportunities to date out of that?
3: No, no um, I was, I was over. like kind of seeing somebody at time like not seriously. And he, it was like his ego. I love that. So oh, he, much. Loved, it. he <laughs> loved it.
1: But you didn't get any people emailing you being like, do you want to go out with me? Because I saw you on the New York observer.
3: No. And that's like a really, I think pretty accurate commentary. I mean, it's awesome to be in the media, but it does not translate into no, results like it did a few years ago. Cause there's just so many opportunities. Like the feed is so crowded. It's very yeah. diluted. Yeah, it is. It's very
1: interesting. We what we've just people have been listening now get a sense of Emma and her and her her kind of take no prisoners attitude. That's right. And what I love is what I love about Emma. But also, Paula, everyone talks about we just want to be authentic. I'll be helping someone with their brand. I'm like, what is it? Let's talk about your brand. Is well, I'm authentic. Oh, they love the buzzword. But when it comes down to being authentic, it means you have to really be who you are, and few people take that risk. Emma, what do you think about? you know, people using that word and do you think it's all a bunch of BS, really? People aren't really doing it.
3: Um, well, I think it's important to do it. I, I, don't, th- I don't think that are many people authentic. are that
2: authentic in their real lives. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, not with Facebook and stuff now. It's so true. You think like, oh, that person's life is so fabulous. And then you talk to them and they're like, oh, everything's awful. It's like, well,
1: right. But to me, I think I we should
3: do it. I really do think there's some like an inverse correlation between how awesome people say their relationships are on social media and how close they are to
1: yeah. divorce. hundred <laughs> percent. I think
2: you're totally right. I you know why Paula totally never true. talks
1: about her husband?
2: <laughs> I do not.
1: No, she does don't. not. But the people who there do, you
2: it's like. Yes, but it, it's it is kind of crazy. You're right, Emma. It's like the people who are like, "Oh, here we are in Grand Cayman. Here we are doing this. Love of my life. Happy birthday," you know.
1: Well, yeah. it's I just think but I I'm saying this because I think Emma puts her money where her mouth is. Like she's like, mm-hmm. "No, I'm going to say it." And you have to be willing to say it. So, can we talk about the situation where you went on Fox? <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. So you You've been well, doing some been media for yes. Fox. Fox News <laughs> channel has booked you quite a few times yeah, Emma's to a go. Right. You couldn't tell. To go (laughs) on um, their morning show, Fox and Friends, right? To give your opinions and tell us how the first hit went. Yeah. Oh, well, the first one was
3: really bad. So (laughs) I, um, it was, it was like this town hall format. Um, What was it? It was like the year after the Trump inauguration or something, like one year anniversary of Trump and like dissecting. And this is not my thing like I do follow politics but it is like straight up Washington is not anything I would ever promote as something I'm an authority on I have lots of opinions I mm. am I feel like I'm very politically active in my way, but not in a way about going on live national television and debating right. with like I foreign mean. policy analysts. Oh, which is right. exactly That's the crazy. the pickle. But that you I showed up. Myself. You did it. You said, Hey, I'll do
2: it. You you did it. Okay. So not only did I did it, like it was a,
3: so there was like eight or nine of us all sitting in the room and their anchors are like hammering us one by one and I just muddled my way through. I just remember at one point he was like going to ask something about like foreign policy and I was just like, please don't call me, please don't call me, please don't call me. <laughs> oh my God! Oh, <laughs> it was horrible and I went home, like got in bed and ate all my kids Halloween candy or something and <laughs> and I but I was like, that was just a disaster but no one sees it. Like none of Wait, my friends see disaster?
1: it. Why do you think you were bad on that? I'm sure Because I didn't been
3: feel been in control. control. I was outside of my... Outside of my expertise, I mean, I can go on the fly about a lot of stuff, and this was not one of the topics. Mm-hmm. But I was e- okay, so one of two things happened, and I, Paula, maybe you can give me some insight. Maybe I was so bad as the token liberal that the producers decided to come back and humiliate my party further by inviting uh, me back. I was going to say, you know. got invited back. <laughs> yeah, Or I wasn't as bad as I thought because I went yeah. on again and it was actually, I felt like it was awesome the second time. That's really, great. And I got a really nice
1: video that I like showcase on my media, social media. So wait, what did they ask you about on the second one? They said, come on and now talk about something that you know something about or are they like?
3: Well, it was more pointed. So it was a, talking about uh, liberal patriotism. So there's a poll about, you know, conservatives historically, and including this recent poll that they did uh, identify as patriotic more than liberals do and so I was they don't here's I mean you guys probably talk about this they don't really care what I say mm-hmm. as long as I say it articulately and yes. I pick a fight with the conservative that's with right a little bit
2: of authority <laughs> and you hold your own yeah totally
3: so I just said what I think which you know I, I just shared my opinion and then the okay this is where I think it got super awesome is that the guy so it was the two of us polar and this guy was a um ex-military right over. He had a soundbite, and sound. I have to hand it to him and then they had the neutral third party academic like that was the referee. Oh wow. And so I at some point the guy it was fine. It was very respectful and everything. But at some point he interrupted me and I just snapped. I go, don't you interrupt me. <gasps> and it was like, I'm like, I'm going to tap Liz on the me too. And so I, and he was like, I'm sorry. And at the, here's the awesome thing you didn't see afterwards at with afterwards. And we had been chatting. He was a really nice, cool guy. And we'd been chatting in the green room and stuff, but we were walking off the stage at the set and he's like, I am so sorry for interrupting you. I really, I'm so, and I had to, like, give him
2: a signed copy of my book to cheer him up. (laughs) (laughs) You really, like, bulldogged him. I love it. I love it. Well, that's your personality though. I mean, that's you. You wouldn't, you wouldn't stand for that if someone did that to you on the street, but, like, you know, uh, in media, some people feel weird about doing it. You mentioned media training before and, like, that's something that will help you in those types of situations. How did you find media training to help you when you were, you know, I mean, now you're seasoned You've been doing this for a while, but how how has that been helpful? Oh
3: my you? god! Well, media training was honestly life. It was life changing for me. Um, well, it gave me self awareness. Um, you know, one thing that I learned. You know, when you talk, it's like music, right? There's like highs and lows, mm-hmm. and my natural state of talking, and especially when I get nervous, is to be like loud and fast to tuck up here at the high end of the the spectrum.
2: Mm-hmm. But
3: I learned the power of shutting up and going low. And what happened for me personally, when I was going through a season of a lot of media training, it really unraveled me on an emotional, spiritual, I would even say, because it made me sit with myself. Right. And be quiet and be intimate because you, you you can't be intimate with an audience if you can't be intimate with yourself. And that trickled into my personal relationships. Like I learned, for example, when I was yelling at my kids, they were a lot littler then. I'd be like yelling at them. I'd be like, bah, 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 bah. but then if I just said it and then shut up, it gives them a minute to sink in.
2: Yeah. It made yeah. me a better listener. in real life. It's it so true. Just oh. stop talking. Like so often that's where like the genius and then it's like, that's the poignant Piece that then sinks into people like, well, oh, when you're afraid. Same thing for interviewing.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same thing Absolutely. for
2: interviewing. The genius comes out when you stop talking, right? You're mm-hmm. asking questions of someone. Stop. Let them answer. So then you can, you know, let them do their thing. Because oftentimes, interviewers will just keep going and going and going or interrupt somebody when they were about to break through on something really great. Yeah. Well, it's that uncomfortable silence that brings yes. out the
3: truth.
1: And the fear makes us do wall-to-wall words. I'm just going to fill it all up to make sure I'm enough to make sure I'm good enough. And mm. it's really, I've never heard anyone say it that way. I'm a, um, hmm. people say media training changed how they, how they think about their message and their branding and better to delivery, but it's beyond that. And you just hit it. It's like, it's scary to put yourself in front of people. And if you're not okay with it, it's not going to be okay when you get out there. So mm-hmm. that is kind of one of the unsung benefits of media training is that you're going to have to be comfortable with yourself, I mean, seeing yourself on camera, not easy for anyone. Paulie, you know that. You work with a lot of people who do on camera work and they don't like what they see. Sometimes. No,
2: instantly <laughs> they're like, oh my gosh, I have so many wrinkles. I have so many of this. And I'm like, like, I didn't even notice that. that.
1: We can't yeah. that I would say months.
3: you wouldn't shut right. up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right,
2: exactly. I noticed exactly. you didn't make any sense when you were talking. But well, talk other than this. that. Yes, this is the book. The book. The The book, book. The
1: Kick-Ass Single Mom, Be Financially Independent, Discover Your Sexiest Self, and Raise Fabulous, Happy Children. And there's some powerful manifesto thought leader language in here that tells women how to think differently about who they are and question the ways in which they have succumbed to the less flattering, less empowering concepts in our culture that are rampant and have been forever. Uh, Emma, tell us how this came about. Was it just like, yep, time for a book called My Agent, The End? Was it that easy? Uh, yes, actually. Yeah, I think it was <laughs> <laughs>
3: because, you, well, because you had but done it was, the work. I had done the work. I had done the work. So I was able to, but I had a couple agents. Off. Yeah. I got some introductions to some agents and a couple wanted to work and I just, I, you know, I had some very nice options and I went with Wendy Sherman and she did really well by me and got three offers. It was a little bit more, which is very exciting. Very week. exciting. And uh, got very nice advance. But it was not like I just pulled the idea out of my butt and then
2: got all that It and just was, started talking about it that day. Like, oh, I think I'll write a book. It's like this brand had been going,
1: been going been for a long time. The- but this isn't just the staple together all your blogs. You wrote a no, book. no, no.
3: This is a all yes. It's a lot of the concepts, but actually, somebody just wrote a very nice review on Amazon. They're like, I've been following Emma for a long time, and I couldn't imagine. I just thought it was going to be a rehash, but there, there's so much more in it, and I'm really glad to hear that because that is it's it's a totally new concept. There's you know, I profile other women. There's a lot of research that goes into it, but it the challenge is is to get women to identify. You have to understand what the ideas are. Like if you're can't figure out, like one of the first things women often say is like, oh, well, I can't afford to go on vacation because I'm a single mom. Like, you just listen to yourself. Yeah. You just destroyed any future that you will ever have. But that's what our culture tells us. Automatic. Right. I can't. Or do they're that. like, oh, well, of course I can't go on a date because I need to put my kids first. I'm like, going on a date does not mean that your children are going to be hard. Like, come on, let's think about this a little bit. But that's not, I don't think that's the tone. The tone is really just giving women permission to be awesome regardless of what your family looks like. And acknowledge this is just the new normal that 64% of millennial moms are unmarried. Why are we still hung up on June Cleaver as the idea? We've rejected that consciously. We have. 40 50% divorce rates for 50 years now. Like that is so old fashioned way of forming families, but we still hold it up as an ideal and as long as we're holding up an ideal that is not existing anymore, we're never going to really fulfill our our potential as a gender. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I mean, you've made such a big impact between, you know, the blog, then the podcast, now the book. But what do you feel is the has made the biggest impact on your business as far as ROI yeah, and also things. eyeballs and bringing people to you and that kind of thing.
3: Well, um, well in terms of money, is that the question? I mean, it's well, all mm-hmm. these little stitches of things. Yes. Like I really think about things. Yeah. So I'm announcing it publicly here first. You guys get this. Oh, look at book. us. Anyway, so I just committed just this week to, I'm going to, I have a whole series. So I had a really nice experience with penguin and putting out this traditionally published book I feel like I really, you know, I did it well. They did it well. It's all really good, but I'm going to do, I'm committing to every six months. I'm going to be doing a self-published book and with an audio book. And I'm going to, you know, I have a whole team of really awesome people that I work with that make this a really great product. Um, Most of it's going to be single mom content. Some of it may be just more general with female content. Um, And I just see this all. It's like, you know, so then I have a bigger presence on Amazon and that drives people to my blog. And that's good for SEO. I'm really investing a lot in just how things come up in organic search and Google searches. um, And of course, social media. And it's just all, my email list is growing. So it's all these little stitches that come together. I don't believe in a silver bullet. And if you have a silver bullet, Facebook or Google or Pinterest, or it's going to change the algorithm and then your right. silver bullet is but gone. I, It'll be changed. Oh wait, yeah. you're, gonna, you're committing to writing a book every six months. My They're going to be shorter books. They're so probably about 25,000 words. And um, yeah. And I, told, I mean, I'm a writer. Like I am a, that's I can poop out content <laughs> and that's, I've, yeah. but I can do that because I've been doing it every single day for 20 years. Right. And I really believe in rote experience. Like, I understand athletes, like they don't, you know, wake up and you're an NBA player. You practice your thing every single day for years and years, and then you get results. So, mm-hmm. you know, whatever your thing yeah. is, I just believe in, I believe in doing it again and
1: again and again. And, and the truth is you could say, I'm going to just keep blogging, which you will, but you're trying to, and I'm going to use this word, even though it does make me cringe, up level the quality, <laughs> right? <laughs> trying to give something to people and give them an opportunity to, to get it in a new way. You've done the blog for years. You did this and you've done the traditional book. So right. now it's time to, to move it up more. But you just said not just single moms. So you said and general women. So does that mean there's a shift in mission that maybe it won't just be about single momhood at some point? Or
3: Well, you know, if I was like a brand expert, I'd be like, no, just focus on single mom. And I do think, I really do. And I've written about like the well, Power Boy niche. I well, but it's women empowerment. It's like, no I what. Got, right. I've got stuff because, as I like to say, there's a single mom inside of every married mom. So there's that. <laughs> But it's also just like there's stuff I want to write about. Like, who are you going to tell me I can't write about it because it's not specifically single moms, you know? And and also, I believe there, I believe in listening to the the beauty of this me- the world that we're living in today. Paula and Terry, is that you have an idea you just wrote out there? Like, I'll spend a couple yeah. thousand bucks and a couple months of my life putting a small book on Amazon. That could be my big breakthrough book. And I don't know because I just, all you have to do is invest a little bit to throw it out into the world. And I think the thing, you know, and you just have to keep listening, really listening to the marketplace. and the other thing about you, one thing that resonated with me, I was at a conference, I was at a se- session at a conference, and this, mm. um, these, they were bloggers, and they were talking about it's like educational theory. And some people just, I mean, as a mom, you know, you know, like, some people learn more by reading, some by listening. Yeah, right. I, don't, I don't like watching videos and listening stuff. I like to mm-hmm. read. Um, and so if you are only writing blogs, you are only going to connect with people that like to read blogs. Yeah. Some people like to read books. Some people like audiobooks. Some people like Instagram videos or whatever. So by more media, you are just just by the way people are biologically wired to consume information and
1: you're You're spreading it about your community. So Mm -hmm. you you kind of tend to this community closed community. Where can people find out more if they go, oh, this really touches on what I need more of? How can they do that? So, the blog is WealthySingleMommy.com. The closed
3: Facebook group is uh, Millionaire Single Moms. It's attached to my Facebook. can apply? They can go. Single Moms. We vet it. It's very highly curated. Like, you are a gross guy. You cannot get in. You are an unhappily married <laughs> woman. You cannot get in. Well, wow, wow. <laughs> no, it is very curated. And you can't go in there and complain about men. And you can't go in there and complain about your divorce. I mean, you can ask questions about difficult situations, but you cannot gripe. No whining. Victim. no whining. No whining. And it Whoa. takes a lot of my time and money. Well, I did. Now I outsource it because I can't do it all. To manage it. Yes. Yeah, So it's very managed. Um, you know, my Instagram is wealthy single mommy. Twitter is Johnson Emma. I mean, I'm
1: easy to find. Yeah, I'm but easy. I mean, like, someone wants to get in that community, they can. They're just going to mm-hmm. be prepared to be vetted by Wow yes. yes. Inquisition, yes. I like it. the single well, mom you.
2: Inquisition. I love <laughs> yes. it. Well, there's so thank many great you. resources there, Emma. Thank okay. you. Thank yeah, you, you guys. Thank you for the work mom. you're doing. You're helping oh, a lot course. of people. Thank the you. Thank you. Single and mom. That's Paul, it. She that is it.
1: independent, discover your sexiest self, and raise fabulous, happy children. Also, check out the blog at WealthySingleMommy.com. Paulette, people are listening, going, okay, well – I need to get to like even a fraction of where Emma is. So how do I get on on this? Right. You, so the media
2: the media action, we created a video course to show you how media can help you. And more importantly, how to keep the media interested in what you do. It's free. It's at BeAMediaMagnet.com. You'll get instant access there. That is BeAMediaMagnet.com. And until next week, I'm Paula Rizzo. I'm Terry Cisbiccio. And you do have
1: something to say. And the world is ready to hear it.
0: Thank you for joining us for Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel for another edition of the show featuring your hosts, Paula Rizzo and Terry Truspicio. We'll talk again next week.